The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. And welcome to the program. I am Andy Griffin. Thanks for joining me today. And uh, it's a uh, very warm morning, already nearly 80 degrees at 9 o'clock in the morning. So, uh, yeah, get ready for a hot day, 101 for a high today. Uh, we've got a couple of guests in studio today uh, on the show. Cami Bowker is with us, and Cami Bowker works for, and I have to look at my notes because it's a big, long name. Cami uh, works for Global Education Philanthropists. And Cami, uh, she was on the show, what, two, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, But she, she called in. We have her in studio now. And if I'd have known how pretty she was, I might have been more nervous on the phone. But, Cammy, uh, thank you for coming in today. John, you're handsome, too. Uh, not not as good looking as her, but that's okay. John Taylor is here from Operation Underground Railroad. And, you know, we, we start off a little bit lighthearted. And we were joking around about the Andy Griffith Show. We got the Andy Griffith theme playing for you guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, but... Um, you know, very serious topic today, and uh, you know, we, we we read your big long names for who you guys represent, but really, it, it's it's a more simple thing to talk about, but a very complicated matter in modern society. And uh, I'm just going to let you guys kind of kind of maybe start us off, Cami. If you'll start, talk about what your organization does and what it means. Sure, I'm actually the CEO and founder of Global Education Philanthropists. Our organization serves vulnerable communities for human trafficking, so we have a local strong presence for vic- victim, victim, victim advocacy. It's a hard word, yeah. That is a hard word. And um, survivor advocacy. So we work um, to educate communities on the reality of how real it is locally and internationally. And then we work with educating families on how to protect themselves. And then domestically, that's our, that's our focus is working with victims, victims, survivors, and then education. Internationally, we do the same thing. It just looks different. We go in hmm. and teach them vocational trades, and we work in aftercare centers and teach them <clears throat> self-reliance principles so that they can not fall into this human trafficking cycle. And it, and it feels like, you know, and we talked about this when you were on before, if, oh, this, this sounds like it's way unnecessary. I mean, come on, this is St. George, Utah. We have our little bubble here. This kind of stuff doesn't happen here. So, so your, your job is, is unnecessary. It's too much. But that's not true, is it? It's not true. No, I have um, survivors that are here in our very town. You know, I work with survivors that are within five minutes of us sitting right here. Wow. I can tell you stories of my close friends that are now, after you, go, you know, learn to love them and know them, how they and their student or their children fell prey to human trafficking through grooming and, and we're Israel. not we're not trying to scare anybody but we do want do we want to talk about reality a little bit it's as real as the sun is shining right now and john if you'll talk a little bit now if you would about the operation underground underground railroad and what that means and the, and what they do thank you yeah the operation underground move railroad. a little closer to the microphone if operation you could. underground railroad was founded in 2014 by timothy ballard and it's an organization that's sole mission um, is to rescue uh, children from sex trafficking hmm. to eradicate that uh, from the face of the earth it's a nonprofit organization strictly run by about six thousand volunteers uh, across the country and it's something that people are not aware of when i when i uh, began my journey i when i learned how large of a problem this was um, i couldn't just sit by i had to do mm-hmm. something and uh, Tammy and I have known each other for, for some time, and it's about a 30 to $40 billion industry a year, wow. which a lot of people do not realize. So you have about 21 million victims, um, organizations um, have shown, and, and of those, about 2 million are children. And so when we talk about uh, labor or sex trafficking, um, 
its its prevalence is not just a an international issue. It's very domestic, as Cami will uh, state. It's something we have in our community. These organizations we work on both ends, domestically and and internationally, to support this. You know, a word that has become a bad word in modern society is the word slavery, and, and rightfully slow, uh, uh, rightfully so. There have been obviously our country has had a bad history of that, but you say, okay, that was 150, nearly 200 years ago. But slavery is actually alive, and it has nothing to do with race now, and it has a lot to do with with children in, in particular. Um, I still have my have a hard time wrapping my mind around the fact that this is a problem here in St. George. Why and how, Cammie? How is because the how it happens? Is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Um, it happens really carefully. These trafficking organizations are large. They're very sophisticated. And they are also really wise to how to get to us and to our kids. Um, so how it's going to happen on any game or any social media platform that has a chatting um, feature. Mm-hmm. So Fortnite, Roblox, um, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, pretty much you name it. Um, they know how to speak to our kids, our youth. Uh, they know how to offer modeling jobs that are fake. They know mm-hmm. how to do all of these things, and they know online behaviors. So their technology is so much more sophisticated than our privacy settings could be on our phones. And they know how to say the right things to our kids. And we don't know what's happening when you're sitting on the couch next to your kid or your grandkid while they're playing on the iPad. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's stunning to me. And I I think about it, okay, well, I have a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old daughter. They're, they're surely wise enough to not engage with strangers, right? They're surely wise enough to understand that, that you know, you don't talk to someone that you don't know. But that's, uh, again, another misnomer a little bit. Yeah, it is because they won't seem like it's somebody that they don't know. They're very smart in making it think it is somebody that they do know. And they groom them for a while while that relationship forms. So by the time they go with the trafficker, these are like example examples I've seen firsthand. Mm-hmm. Multiple, multiple times. By the time they end up going with the trafficker, they think that's their friend. Is this is this something that uh, has blossomed with with the use of smartphones and all those apps, or is this something that was a problem even before that? It's absolutely blossomed with the. I mean, it's just a, a fire we can't outrun. So we have to mm-hmm. shine a light on it. We have to be educated. It the root of all of this. These statistics that we're going to throw at you, the root of it is pornography, and what it's manifesting itself like on the globe is human trafficking and that's why it's growing so fast but it roots in deeply in pornography so the presence of smartphones only makes that more accessible and only the culture online is different than what you and i growing up would have yeah. seen um in it being exposed to pornography so what our kids will see on robux or on Fortnite would be violent rape scenes um with characters in the game their minds are getting you know kind of numbed to it so it roots in pornography so to answer your question yes Wow, that's mm-hmm. that's that's scary. Um, you, you talk about people within five minutes of here that you know that that have had this this problem. Uh, is it is? Uh, of course, it's real. You're here. You're you're talking about it. Is it is it something? You know, uh, uh, Joe Esplin just down the street. You know, my my neighbor, three houses down. Is that something that I have to? Uh, I, is there a game plan I need to put in place? I, it just sound, it blows my mind a little bit, Cammy. Yeah, and that's why it's growing so fast. It does blow our mind, and because people aren't don't know about it, so that's we don't the, believe it. Even we're like, no, no, no that can't mm-hmm. be. No, yeah. and you know, there's a duty to have like once you know some things, you just can't look away from it, and that's kind of what happened in my life. So I quit my job teaching just to educate people, so I don't blow their minds so much. You know, there's more slavery now than there was when Lincoln was president. So 
it's just that's crazy. Yeah, and it's there's more in the United that States. That's crazy. So I initially got M introduced to human the human trafficking world in Haiti. I didn't even know it was a thing. I was just like you were a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And so to understand it in a third world country, yeah, that makes sense. But to come home and get exposed to local stories throughout the country here, throughout our town, it is worse here than it is in any other country. Have you, John, have you seen evidence of that as well? Oh, definitely. Uh, We work with a lot of our community partners and we see these vulnerable populations. You have, um, you know, uh, children that that have suffered from um, abuse that maybe lack self-worth. Um, minorities, um, immigrants, others are taken advantage of in, in labor trafficking and put in situations that they just can't, uh, they don't see a way out. And so our organizations are designed to help get them out and help to help them stay out. And, and one of the key um, opportunities we have is to educate the community, to identify, to see the signs of trafficking. Sometimes right before our eyes, we might have um, one of our our, um, our children's friends might be demonstrating symptoms of, of being trafficked. Um, people are hungry. People need food and shelter, and people take advantage of those who need that, unfortunately, in, diff- in ways we just can't imagine. I imagine there's a, uh, call it a string of pearls, if you will, of, of, of connecting uh, symptoms and things. That, I mean, suicide, the, the rise in suicide rate has got to be a huge part of that. They're connected, for sure. <clears throat> Drug use. Uh, which which leads to, you know, you spend all your money on drugs, then you don't have any money, and then you start doing desperate things. Like, I mean, you, you hear stories on the news of, of mothers selling their children or, or uh, prostituting their children out. And it's just like, really? Would, would a mom really do that? But moms do do that, don't they? It happens. Um, I've seen it happen. And I've seen it happen um, here and abroad. And it goes from what would a mom really do that? And then you hear their story and they don't just like our kids are being groomed. They don't think they're going with traffickers. No mother would ever say, sure, here you go. But just like our kids are numbed to it. No one's going to offer you a modeling job on Facebook or Instagram, you know, kind of thing. The same thing with the parents that end up selling their kids to traffickers. They don't think it's real. So the, the blindfold has to come off of not only their eyes, but all of ours. We have to, it's not a pleasant thing to talk about, but we're right now with human trafficking where we were in the early eighties with domestic violence you know, we didn't talk a lot about it, but then we had a big push in the schools everywhere. You'd see signs to educate you on it. Now we're like that with human trafficking. We have to work together and take the blindfold off so that we can fight against it because it's growing so fast. And the number one consumer of sex here with children and, and internationally is U.S. men. Hmm. That's the number one. Not saying that's the only, the only person. Sure. But unfortunately, the United States is fueling this problem. And terrorism groups are also fueled by the funds that they're raised with human trafficking so when you this is this is probably going to be too much for people to hear but if you know someone that's struggling with pornography a lot of pornography that you're watching is victims of trafficking and a lot of those are terrorist Mm. groups that are making money to fund terrorism by by you know trafficking humans and making money off of them so really really think and really talk about when your families at what what level you think your kids can handle but i promise you if they're six years old they've seen pornography so you know we don't six years old is the starting target age so just we just want to educate that's the only way that we can be empowered it sounds like to me this is such a big problem that it's too big for our law enforcement and that you need people like you guys with your organizations to to lend a hand what are some things nuts and bolts things that you guys do besides educating what what other things do you guys do well, some of the, the key things we do is get getting our community members or community 
involved. Really, this is all about raising money and awareness. It takes money to rescue these children. It takes money to educate and partner with law enforcement to give them the tools and the techniques that um, Operation Underground Railroad has developed um, through their, their jump teams. They, they perform rescues abroad where they go in and break up trafficking rings. Um, domestically, they do not do that, but they do work with local law enforcement. And having some of our local law enforcement members on our team here in St. George, we are grateful. They, they've spoken to how much more of a problem they've recognized this is. Prior issues where maybe they might have just looked the other way with a, um, you know, what they'd consider harmless maybe prostitution, where they recognize now it's mm-hmm. not harmless and it affects the, the domino effect. So they really start to address those issues um, much more proactively. And so that's one of the key things, working with law enforcement and getting our volunteers to help raise money that then they use to, to help train law enforcement, provide resources, and, um, and provide rescues around the world. Good. Cammy. what about you? What are some of the nuts and bolts operation of what you do? Yeah, so I know the OUR works a lot on the rescue. Those have to happen. We, mm-hmm. I mean, that is so essential. That is absolutely critical. Uh, what Global EP does is we provide aftercare. We provide education. Hmm. But one of the other nuts and bolts, um, personally, I work with um, vi- victims. Um, I also do... Um, a lot of outreach, and then they will call us to help get out. So there's some diff- there's different tactics. There's different organizations. We all need each other. Um, I've helped personally. You know, a lot of survivors get out. I like to call them survivors because they have have been able to survive. Um, once they get out, they need to have proper um, mental support. They need to have proper um, resources, or they go right back. The average victim that gets extracted goes back seven to twelve times. Ooh. So it's important to me that we work with survivor experts, that there's five in the nation, I work with three of them, and that when they're extracted after all of that crazy adrenaline goes and that has to happen, that there's somewhere for them to go to so that all of their hard work, like the Operation Underground Railroad does or other organizations like them does, doesn't go to waste so that we can be a soft landing spot. Is there, is there a chance for these uh, victims to have a normal life after a while? I mean, it seems like such a mountain to climb for them once they've been through that experience. Yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. Yep. They sure can. It's not easy. Right. They have to want it, and they need to have people that can show them that there's hope. And that's what Global Education Philanthropist does, so that there is hope. I know of quite a few that have gone and become an advocate as well, and they're on my team and help me as well. So it is possible. But, uh, you know, the prevention is is much more preferred you know yeah. we have to prevent it in the first place and shining a light on it will prevent these statistics from rising but it's the fastest growing crime in the world so if you think that you're not going to be affected by it that's ignorant we've got uh, lots to talk about still with the uh, cammy Bowker and john taylor uh we do have a couple of callers on you guys so okay with taking a phone call or two of course mm-hmm. well let's do it all right uh, seth you're on with andy i'm with john taylor and cammy Bowker. how are you today seth Hey, I uh, would recommend that um, everybody, and I've done this before, attend the Police Citizens Academy, and they discuss these things uh, and um, how the entire police department works, and it is a incredible um, source of knowledge. I, I learned a great deal about it. Uh, the chief of police... Um, uh, and I, uh, by the way, I find that our police department is uh, incredibly moral and honest people. So 
I can't say uh, more highly of what I learned and what I saw with my own eyes. I asked Chief Stratton on three different occasions about the pedophilia, about the human trafficking, and his answer was, yes, next question. Wow. Okay. Now, yes, it happens, but he didn't want to expound. Is that what you mean? Well, no, I mean it's like uh, tight-lipped. Now, uh, maybe Chief Stratton, I know the people in the police department listen to this program because it's sort of the pulse of the uh, community. And so for those people at the police department, I would suggest that the next case that occurs, that it be front page headline news, and that for six months following, they provide education about how to avoid this, what to do. If you see anybody, contact the police department, and they will do, instead of writing parking tickets, why don't we go after human trafficking? Yeah, good call. I just say... Okay, you know, and it, it just doesn't make sense to me that, that, that uh, unless, of course, top uh, pioneer families and top officials are involved with this, and they've got a gag order, keep, you know, keep quiet, this is nobody's business, this is private police business, but it's not. And, and when our children uh, become exposed to these kind of things, and uh, what did this, this, happen, this thing happen up in Salt Lake City? Not a child, but the same kind of thing. This young woman met somebody online, met him in the park at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he murdered her. Yeah, so, it's not always uh, as it, obvious as like just a murder, or it's not really that obvious that... The traffickers are super tricky, and I wish that's actually, like you said, I, why isn't it not on the front page? Why is it not all that we talk about? Why are we not blasting a fire hose against this big flame that's coming at us? I will well, tell you, um, one of my very close friends um, that helped me start this organization, his name's Travis Sigmiller, and he is our legislative regis- um, representative for District 62. And I know that he's working at the state level to try to help some changes happen, and um, I know that our state is putting it in the curriculum for the high schools. They will be, have to be educated on human trafficking, so that is a start. Um, we have to keep aware of the fact that it is a threat. We have to be really smart online. We have to, we have to put filters on our phones. We have to put filters on our computer. Um, I just partnered with an organization called the, the Cleaner Net, and it's a device um, filtering system that will help protect your kids even when they're not with you. So I think the education, the shining a light on it, and actually getting involved by doing something. Well, let me suggest that maybe uh, Chief Stratton come on and uh, explain to us uh, all about what they're, and they are. They pursue this, they do this, but I gave you an accurate representation of his answers to me. Now, uh, it seems important, and and there's a whole, instead of the uh, PIO, the public information officer, a a officer from the street, good people every every time, let's have the police chief talk to us about specific questions and maybe a panel amongst you folks and, and the police department and how, and the press, how do we get this in front of people? Because it is an epidemic, and it it's uh, the elites traffic in this. And uh, I don't, I don't want to be say anything in, uh, inappropriate, but they love blue-eyed, blonde-haired uh, 
people and they sell them worldwide. Well, that's, that's, that, that might be true, but there's also the statistics are showing that girls and boys are both the, the, the demand for boys. Um, there's some back pages and it's, it's, you know, it's called back page and it's called that they, they look for flesh. So the demand for boys and girls isn't as large of a gap as you might, you might suspect, but. Okay. Well, you know, but I, I think we need to pursue this further and, and the next case uh, of this ever happening, I, I would really like to see um, a press and a public awareness of what is going on in our community instead of hiding it under the table and say, yeah, it happens, but next question, please. Yes. Cool. All right. All right. Thank you, Seth. Good to talk you to bet. you today. Let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy. I'm with Kenny Bowker and with John Taylor. We're talking about the child sex trafficking. Yeah, good morning. Uh, great conversation. Um, you know, your, both of your guests have uh, made comments about taking the blinders off and, uh, you know, that this is all about prevention. And yet taking the blinders off means that we need to look at how these people are able to get uh, at our children. Our, our 13-year-olds can't buy alcohol. They can't gamble. They can't drive a car. They can't go get a credit card. And on and on. And there's a reason for that. It's because they're too young to be able to handle yeah. whatever that item is. And yet on the Internet today, you only have to be 13 years old on a social media site to uh, share photos on uh, Instagram, your mm-hmm. stories. You can form a Facebook uh, group. You can get a tri- Twitter account, um, share disappoint. Uh, disappearing photos on Snapchat, and on and on. You only have to be 13. And by the way, you don't actually have to be 13. You just have to say you're 13. I want to know that the big elephant in the room is, why do we give our children, and I'm talking about even a 15-year-old, there's not a kid on this planet that needs to have an iPhone, which, by the way, is not a telephone. It's a handheld computer that has access to the entire world, all that is good and all that is evil. I want to know why there's not more emphasis. And this is a personal thing. Parents that are listening right now, take that stupid computer away from your kids, and you'll reduce their risk uh, probably 90%. I would, I would like to say that I agree in the sense that if we could wrap all our kids in a in bubble wrap and um, it would be ideal just protect them right and and create and make it difficult for this information to disseminate to get to them unfortunately the reality is it's it's just coming faster than we can stop it from other from ways we can't control i ideally yeah that would be nice um, so the second best thing we can do is to educate knowledge is power and it's it's just an uncomfortable subject we, well, I, I, I'm you know, surprised that you're, you're, you yourself and also your guest the last time when she was on, I don't understand the defense of these uh, handheld computers. You make it sound like that's not an option. It's the best option. It's the one that would actually be effective immediately as soon as it's applied. And I don't, and maybe it's because of your age. I'm 63 years old. I've lived most of my life without a computer, without a telephone, and certainly without a smartphone. And life is pretty good out there. But there's, it's almost like an addiction. These phones, are, it's not a phone. It's a handheld computer that will go on. Your, your other guests were saying about six years old have, have seen pornography. How did they do that? They did it on a handheld computer or a computer at home. Take not always. Away from your Sometimes kids. it happens well, at well, school. Okay, how, how, else? how else does a six-year-old see pornography, ma'am? 
um, at school, these traffickers have very sophisticated technology. Right. And, and, and so somebody else's phone may see it no. on. There's nobody passing Playboy magazines around the school. Correct. But it will happen in a computer lab when they're just trying to computer get onto lab. a class and they have the it says .edu. So the technology um, of these crime rings, they've learned to disguise themselves as educational sites. So not looking for it, not wanting it, it comes at them. Until you guys acknowledge what I'm talking about right now, you do have the blinders on, and you don't have the prevention that you, that you could have. You refuse to acknowledge that. I agree with everything that you guys are doing. I support it a thousand percent. It's this horrible, ugly thing that's happening. But you don't let your kid wander around at midnight in some of the places in the city where you wouldn't dare let him. But boy, oh boy, will you give him a telephone? Will you give him access to the world? You'll do that. But we'll try to keep and wrapping in bubble wrap, please. You know that that's that's nonsense. We're not talking about wrapping anybody in bubble wrap. We're talking about taking access away from a kid. It'd be just like a, a handgun. That just you doesn't seem realistic to us. A handgun, do you? No, but, but you know, I I appreciate your call, and, I, and you've called before, and I agree with you. Uh, I think that parents need to be more responsible. But I think what what Cammie and John are saying is the, the proverbial cow is already out of the barn, uh, and and yes, we need to educate parents and get them to stop. Okay, you, your six year old, your eight year old does not need a phone, but the fact is a lot of them already have them. And like you said, there's educational sites at school, and they're very important uh, parts of being educated. Uh, they're going to still be there. Now we need to figure out uh, how we can educate our kids so that when they well, when the red flag goes up that that they can do something about it and well, let me leave it at let, let me leave it at this when my okay. grandchildren come and see me for two days a week when they spend time with me the first thing i do is take that stupid phone away from them Good and for i you. put it away yeah. and Good they job. don't t- and guess what we do we go outside and we shoot bb guns and we ride mini bikes and we're on four wheelers and we're exploring and we're making stuff in the garage we're actually doing what kids ought to be doing and they don't have the phone my greatest fear though is what are they doing on the other five days a week when nobody's really monitoring what they're doing. Their parents on the phone, they're addicted to the same thing, and they have no idea what their kids are doing. You want to talk about taking the blinders off, folks, take the blinders off. Nice. Thank you for the call. Great, great job. You're welcome. Appreciate it. We do have to get a commercial break in. If you guys will, will hang with me, uh, we got some other stuff we want to talk about. I'm with uh, Cami Bowker and with John Taylor. We're talking about the child and human sex trafficking, and uh, we will uh, take a break and be be back right after this timeout. Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. And, uh, by the way, thank you, listeners. This is the number one talk show in St. George. I'm happy to report the numbers are officially in. So uh, you've got it on here, and I appreciate uh, everyone that listens and is a part of it. And I appreciate my guests today, uh, Cami Bowker and John Taylor. And I'm going to read it one more time. You, you called it uh, Global EP. Mm-hmm. It's a technically Global Education Philanthropist, yes. which uh, is a very long name, but uh, Basically, you're good guys, right? That's, you're the good guys. Yes. So, And John Taylor from Operation uh, Underground Railroad. Well, we had a lively discussion about the cell phones. And, uh, you know, I'll stand by kind of what I said is the fact is that they're already out there. And we would love to, uh, you know, honestly, I, I would be okay with taking my kids. I didn't let my children have a phone until uh, my youngest two until they were 15. The, older, the others were older because they were earlier. But, uh, uh, and... 
you know, and I wanted them to have a phone uh, for when they were driving situations where they might be in trouble and things like that. Uh, but uh, I have found it seeping into my family. Cammy is, is, you know, my, I have one daughter that's really into Pinterest. Mm-hmm. And she's on Pinterest all the time, whether it's some kind of funny theme or she's looking up some kind of recipe or some kind of cool food she wants to try or, or whatever. Uh, my other daughter is not really into the social media, but she texts constantly. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, 24-7. It feels like she's on that phone texting somebody and hopefully it's, you know, friends and not strangers. But uh, so I think we need to acknowledge right now the fact of the matter is they're, they're out there. Our little mini computers, if you want to call them that, our little iPhones or, or whatever are out there. And so uh, with, without taking the phones away, which I don't think is realistic at this point, what can we do? We can talk about what to do if something seems unusual online. Um, I just read of a case where they explained it really, really well. Let's say your child is, you know, it's late at night. They're tired. They take, their, they take one last look at their phone before they go to bed, and they have an inbox message. And it says, hey, you're really cute, or hey, you're really pretty. And guess what? It, if you're a vulnerable... And we're talking uh, about a young person with maybe yeah. some self-esteem issues, and someone Which reaches everyone. out and says, hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, exactly. were you a teenager once, you know? Thank you, everyone. You know, it feels nice to, like, hear a compliment of some sort. Um, and that sure. was how it had started for the specific case that's in my mind. But I know that it's extremely popular case, you know, scenario that happens again and again. They get a quick message in their inbox, and then this conversation starts happening. So what we can immediately do is talk about what happens if something seems weird online. And, you know, the FBI talked to me, and they were telling me, okay, they ranked to, they went and surveyed kids in Washington County. So, okay, I want you to go ahead and tell me you know, place these things in order of most important to least important. And it was food, water, uh, friends, shelter, all these things. And it went air, water, cell phone, food. Like, it's Ooh. way up there. So if something's out of the ordinary... Phone beat pizza? It did. Oh, it man. did. <laughs> if there's something out of the ordinary, um, even if we have really good relationships with our kids, they'll still just... They'll be afraid to tell you because guess what you're going to do if something's funny happening on your phone? You're going to... Knee-jerk reaction. You're going to take, take the phone away. Yep. Right. So just have open conversations where no matter what, it's not going to happen in your, in your house. It's not going to happen when kids come to your house. Protect yourself by having, you know, I'm going to say it again, having a good filtering system. I know your daughter probably won't want this, but like, okay, you can't be on Pinterest. I've accidentally seen things on Pinterest. I'm like, oh my gosh, what the heck is that? Yeah. Right? So they, again, their technology is very sophisticated, but the bottom line, the base foundation is the more that we talk about it, they'll understand that it's real. Because when they don't think it's real is when they get, um, this is when they get in trouble. This is when they get in trouble with traffickers. Mm. You know, it, it, I used to think, okay, one of the policies we have with my kids' phones is I can look at your phone at any time and read your text or re- look at your social media, whatever. And I used to think, okay, well, that's a good uh, – that kind of repels them from doing anything, you know, uh, that they might not do. But you were talking about last time you were on the show that there are apps where there are programs, there are things that they do that we wouldn't even think to look. Correct. There's apps that don't even look like it's what it is, and you click open that, and then there's all their, all their hidden apps. Hmm. So, like, we can do everything, but we still have to be parents. Like, we can do and, you know, give me your phone. You should always have um, their login t- to their social media. For everything. Yeah. They will be smart. If they really don't want you to have it, they'll go make another one at a different computer. But if they know that it's real and they know that you're protecting them and you, it's going to take a long time for these conversations to even feel remotely comfortable – um, one of my good friends who had her daughter trafficked said, if I had her Facebook login, I could have seen her location. We could have got her faster. She was one of the very, very lucky ones that was rescued. Her daughter was rescued. 
but that does not happen very often. So if you have their login, their location services are turned on, you'll have a better chance of finding them. But again, never getting in that position in the first place, talking openly about communication online, having times that you shut it off, having all their logins, having a really strong filtering system where gaming, pornography, gambling, all that is filtered out. It kind of gets that addiction to kind of stop. But, you know, our society is all addicted to our screens, so... In, in some cases, parenting is easier because you have find my friends and things like that on your on your you know phones, and we, we use that all the time. If, I, if my daughter's five minutes late, I'm, you know find friends, and there's she. Okay, she's at the high school, but um, it's also so much more difficult because, as you said, there are so many ways uh, that our kids are maybe doing things we don't know about, uh, not because they don't like us. Not bec- but because sometimes you don't want your parents to know everything you're doing. It's just life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was that way, and, and I was a pretty good kid, all things considered. Well, and that's part of the challenge is our frame of our lens that we look through as parents often is we don't even imagine mm-hmm. how creative these organizations are. The advertisements, right? They, when you receive as a young woman or even young man a modeling opportunity, mm. it's almost too good to be true. It is. It is. And yeah. that's one of those entry points where they get you into, oh, all you have to do is come here and, and uh, we'll uh, build a portfolio for you. They start grooming you with the enticement. Uh, so labor trafficking can be an entry point into, again, sex trafficking. What was that number you gave earlier, the the amount of money that is in this industry, the child or, or, or sex trafficking industry? Upwards of $40 billion Billion annually. with a B. With a B. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And how much do we spend in preventing that? Not, not even close not enough. to that. And there's money that we need to do it. <laughs> but wow. The, the one thing I just was thinking as you were saying, you know, our kids, may, if it comes from me, you're, oh, mom, oh, my gosh, okay, hello. Yeah. But the more that we can shine a light on it, the more they'll understand it as actually not just crazy old grown-ups talking about it, that it's real. There's, yeah, this is a program our, they all need to hear. We all need to hear. I'll come Operation. to your house and talk about it if you want. Awesome. <laughs> Cammie, awesome. I love Cammy's energy. So um, we ought to talk more often. You get me fired up as well. Good. So, <laughs> now, Operation Underground Railroad has uh, some great resources I'd like to point out. Um, if you go to OURrescue.org, they have a, a training, even a 30-minute training that takes you through. They actually help you learn. You, be, you can print a really nice certificate even. But uh, it teaches you what trafficking looks like, all the signs. I would recommend it to anyone who would like to be more aware because it may not be you. Maybe you have that, you're, you're protected, you've, you've talked to your children, but it might be someone you see at the mall. It might be somebody, your friend's friends, and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, learning the hotlines, there's phone numbers you can call. People often ask, well, what if I see something? What do I do? Hmm. You know, that's uncomfortable. Well, there's, you can give people information that, that can help them. They can even just text it. Again, information, Cammie says, is uh, critical. But knowledge, we have to get the knowledge out there. Awesome. By the way, this program will be within half an hour of it concluding. We'll be on our website, 890kdxu.com. The podcast will be there. You can listen. Uh, I think uh, right now I'm thinking personally, I'm like, okay, I wish my kids were listening. I know they're not. They're probably both still asleep because (laughs) it's before 10 a.m. in the summertime. But uh, this is a program you maybe maybe. Get the podcast, get it ready, and when your kids are awake or listening, play it for them. Because this is a reality, folks. This is something we need to talk about. We've got, we've had some people very patient on the phone lines. You guys are ready for some more We're phone ready. calls? All right, let's do the caller. You're on with Andy and uh, with Cammy and John. How are you? Yeah. Good morning. Morning. You know, we can spend all the money we want. We're not going to solve the problem. And you know, this stuff. 
there's always been things in society that come in that distract us or get our attention. But what it comes down to is the parents. The parents are responsible. Now, I'm retired, but I work a few hours a week in a, a retail environment, mm-hmm. and it's more of a service-type environment. People have to wait for a while. I watch this play out day after day after day. People bring in their children. They got more children than they can handle. They don't know what to do. The kids are running around. They start sticking these little devices in their hands and say, sit down and do this. We're training them very, very young. And they're training them because the parent cannot handle their own children. And until we start getting to, to the real root of this problem, we're never going to solve it. You, you, you want $12 billion? I'll give you $12 billion. You're not going to solve it. You're not. Yeah. It starts with the home. Well said. And and I until, think, people, yes. uh, until people understand that, I mean, you're just spitting, and spitting into the wind. Well, I think you're looking at it from two angles. Prevention, you're right, is spot on. We need to prevent it in the home. Uh, that's where it starts. Um, we have to also, we just can't stand by and watch those children that are suffering and yeah to Mm -hmm. to react i think someone spoke earlier about when something happens in the community we tend to react and then hope it doesn't happen again Uh, it would be really nice to have uh, a more proactive approach and again that's why we're here today to hopefully uh, provide alternatives to reacting all right let's go to line two caller you're on with uh, andy john cammy how are you today hey good morning is this america's sheriff yeah, it is America's Sheriff. How are you? <laughs> hey, good. It's Monty. I just I had to call in, but uh, I'm going to try and do my best because uh, listening to the show got my blood pressure up like I'm back on the J-O-B down in Metro. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got some friends that investigated this nasty, gnarly, more nasty than you could uh, ever imagine stuff that's going on. So these people from Operation Underground, they got a new person that's going to be giving them some money. That's the first thing I'm going to say. Awesome. But the second thing is, and God read, you know, God bless the souls that can investigate that. I couldn't. I only heard about it, okay? I worked in different departments. But, <clears throat> Andy, I, I'm just going to pick a bone with you on one thing. I realize that this technology pumping out computers is here. we got big factories in China that's, that's cranking them out and making sure they're selling them. Mm-hmm. But aren't they doing the same thing with cigarettes? Aren't mm-hmm. cigarettes all over the freaking place? Yeah. Can't you buy them in any store? Yeah, and you only have to but be 18. We still passed the law and said we don't want juveniles puffing on cigarettes, right? Right. So that one caller that was 63 years old, I ain't too far behind him, all right? <laughs> when he called in, he gave you all the clue, but everybody says, no, I don't want to take phone away from the kid, and you call it a phone instead of a computer. It's something that should be outlawed for juveniles. I'm telling you, as a retired cop, I'm telling you the truth. You're not going to hear it from nobody else. Because they're still on the J-O-B and they can't tell you the truth. So I'm just calling and tell everybody to think about it. If you want to stop, you got to get, and you want it to go back to where it was maybe, I think when I retired, it was maybe $10 billion industry. I can't believe that it's grown this big because of computers everywhere. It's, uh, so when yeah. I was a kid, we didn't have but a phone hanging on the wall. Right. And our parents intercepted the call if it was a weirdo caller. Because I picked up the phone when I was a kid, and the weirdo was calling. Hmm. Man, but man. you sitting there sticking the phone right in front of your kid, you think that the parents of that young girl, Miss Lewitt, ever thought 
that this was going to be the end result of this child and that there are sites out there I never even heard of. And I'm pretty savvy with what the evil is going on in this world, but not no more. But I never heard of seeking arrangements where they're setting up basically young ladies with old men. Yeah. What the what the heck is going on here? That's illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and disgusting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got to say, Andy. Thanks. I'm sorry I come on here chattering like that. No, no worries. Thank I mean, you, Monty. You can't even tell the rest of the truth because it's on the air. Yeah. But what's going on is nasty, and people need to wake up to it. Yep. Thank you, Monty. Appreciate it. All right. Good day. Caller, you're on with Andy and with uh, Cammy and uh, John Taylor. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good morning. <clears throat> morning. I have a question. Uh, you know, knowledge is power. Uh, what is done so that these parents know the names of these organizations and the apps that they should have their children stay away from? Good point. Do, do, do we have a, is there a list somewhere of, of some of these apps that we need to be worried about? Yes, it's the list that's on the app store that has every single app. <laughs> you have to understand. Wow. That it is prevalent, it is everywhere, not you, I'm just saying our kids and our grandkids have to understand what it looks like. If, you know, someone all of a sudden wants to give you a gift, if someone that you've has become your friend um, gives you something that's really expensive or outlandish or wants to meet up, they can contact you on almost every single me- you know, media platform, anything that has a chat, they can text you, they can make up a phone number on Google Voice, I mean... Every, I mean, I can tell you the highest, the, the most popular are Facebook, Instagram. Um, you've got Snapchat that's super popular. And the most popular games right now are Roblox and Fortnite. Fortnite's one of the number one for kids. And predators are using these Absolutely. to meet up with kids. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to get, get off playing. You know, I got to go to football practice. Here I go. Okay, good. Got it. Yeah. And the other question is, is there such an organization as Sugar Babies? Sugar, was it Sugar Daddies? Was that the, the one they were no. talking about with Miss Lewick? I'm not familiar no, with that. Somebody was talking about Sugar Babies. Mm. Don't, I don't, I'm not well, aware of that. Surprise me. There's a lot of underground. That wouldn't um, surprise me either. <laughs> organizations. I say under organizations, but let's say there's non-digital um, methods they use as well through mm-hmm. business cards, through types of texting. Not not an app that people that Johns or chains or whatever can acquire and purchase uh young people and yeah. so the whole network is i know we focused on technology but uh, this is so big it, it goes beyond that a lot of the it third world big. countries don't have a lot of the technology and that's where some of the largest problem is as well and i had a someone here said hey this was out of the ordinary a woman came up to me her daughter was working at a local fast food place and the lady said hey you're really pretty you should join our you know, join our organization and we do this really cool stuff and you can make a lot of money. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> the daughter came home from work and said, Mom, this is what happened to me. This random lady said, I'm so pretty and I should join the organization and I can make a lot of money. And this happened in St. George. And she called the manager and was like, what happened? We don't know. Called the police department. Well, if something seems weird, tell the police department. They can start to get clues. So it's not just technology. They just need to know it's real. It's happening everywhere happening every all right we are out of time you guys if you can maybe give me how do we get involved that's one of the things we wanted to get to today and we haven't real quickly one minute how do we get involved in this you want go to, to ourrescue.org 
O-U-R-Rescue.org. Okay. Yes, and if you go to that screen, in fact, uh, Tony Robbins is, uh, has a campaign. He's going to triple any donations we can get cool. um, through the end of July. So if you anything you could give would help us set up you know, the funds we need to rescue kids and, and maybe even volunteer and, and support our local uh, volunteer group. O-U-R-Rescue.org. Okay, Cammie? Go to GlobalEP.org, and ours is more of a local, um, a local arm. So you'll see a site that says to donate, or you can be a business that has a that is a safe haven. So go to globalep.org if you want to get involved in local. If you're a local business, we'll put a safe haven sticker on your window. Globalep.org. Globalep.org. Okay, thank you guys so much. I wish we had another hour to talk about this because it's definitely an, an important uh, topic. But thank you for coming in. Thank, thank you, Cammy John. Great job.